that you heard so often growing up that was either intentionally or unintentionally your family model? Can you think back to what that phrase or that word that both of your parents or one of your parents said to you so often that you knew that thing and that is the word that rings in your head for your whole life because it was said so much. The word for me, or the phrase for me, was from my father's mouth, don't be mediocre. <laughs> Mediocrity was like the worst word in the whole world. Um, my father has since questioned that mantra. <laughs> but there are good things that I learned from that, which are try hard, don't do a half-hearted job, give it your all, it's better to fail than not to try. But that's not the mantra that I want to teach to my children. And the, the mantra that I am aiming to instill, that I repeat over and over in multiple situ situations, in multiple um, scenarios, is be generous. Be generous. When they are facing an internal conflict about how much they're willing to give or how much they're willing to share, I chime in and say, be generous. And when they are wondering what to do in a certain situation and are feeling like they need to judge the other person, I hope they hear my voice ringing in their ear, be generous. And I hope that all of the various meanings of generosity come to mind. And they are readiness or liberality in giving. Giving liberally and readily. Freedom from meanness or smallness of mind and character. Isn't that a good quality? Freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character. A generous act. For example, we thanked him for his many generosities. And then the last one had to get my mind around a little bit. Largeness or fullness, amplitude or capacity. Being Seeing our capacity as large, the ability to be generous is not understood when we don't really think we have much to share or much ability or much capacity, but believing that we, we can be generous because we have a large capacity. So if we could be generous, that would be a good, a good thing in all of the ways that that could be true. So that's why I found that story that I shared, those shoes, this morning, very compelling, because I think kids and adults 
need examples of when generosity is hard. Generosity is not just readiness to give away those sheets that have been sitting in your closet for the past 20 years and you haven't ever used. Generosity is when you really want some cool shoes and you finally get them and then you see that they could actually be better for someone else than you and you fight with yourself and you fight with yourself and you fight with yourself to realize somebody else's needs are more important than your own and that you have the capacity to fill that need with your willingness to share. That is what generosity means. And it's not easy. It's not easy. This is the first week in our stewardship series, which means on November 20th, put it on your calendar, we will be asking you to make commitments for your presence, your service, your prayers, and your finances. At Hope Gateway, we think about stewardship holistically. We believe that how you use your financial gifts and your other gifts are an integral part of your faith life. It all works together. It's not separate over there. It's how we live our faith. And we want to be generous people as followers of Jesus. So we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about what it means to be generous. So I picked a story from the Bible about the most generous person in the Bible. Anybody know who it is? Jesus. <laughs> yes. That's probably a better answer than the one I have. <laughs> Anybody else think of someone generous in the Bible? Yes! <laughs> the widow. The widow's might. So I'm reading this story from um, the Gospel of Luke in the 21st chapter. And it is a story about Jesus. Jesus and his friends, his disciples, are sitting in the temple observing people. And this is what he observes. Just then, Jesus looked up and saw the rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. He said, the plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. All these others made offerings they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Jesus 
generous eye what was happening. Jesus didn't have those judgmental eyes like you and I might have when we see someone putting two pennies in the offering plate. We think, well, that's not very much to give. Jesus saw with generous eyes that this woman had nothing to give. And she gave everything she had. Everything she had, she gave. That's a pretty high standard. That's a pretty impossible standard to reach, right? Most of us will never be that generous. But, if we can be generous to people like the widow, and see her for what she has to give, then maybe we can also be generous in all of the ways that generosity is possible. Did you hear some good news this week? I heard some long-anticipated good news this week. Maybe you heard it last week. I didn't hear it until this week. But 21 girls, did you hear this story? 21 girls from Chibuk, Nigeria, were released by Boko Haram. Of the 200, 21 girls were released and reunited with their families. Many of them are still staying in hospital to be evaluated and to make sure that they're ready to go back to their lives. But there were these photos and a beautiful video that I really wanted to share with you, but couldn't get it done, so you should look it up. <laughs> with singing and dancing and preaching about the goodness of God and the return of these daughters who had been mourned for the past two and a half years, coming home to their families and their people. That happened, they were taken in April of 2014. And on May 7th of 2014, I followed the lead of a friend and posted this status on Facebook. It listed all of the names of the girls who had been taken and asked that you pick one name off the list and pray for that particular girl. The girl I picked was Sarah Tu Emmanuel. And my Grammy, who is a prayer warrior, picked Blessing Abba. My Grammy prays every morning down a list of all the people and situations in the world that she needs to pray for. And Blessing Ivana was still on her list in August when she sent me a message that year and said, do you know anything about what has happened? Because I'm still praying. And then this week, I posted the video 
of the welcoming of these girls home. And my Grammy sent me a message and said, do you know anything about Blessing Ivana? Is she in the group of 21 girls? I'd like to know. And so I do what you do. You Google <laughs> Blessing Ivana. And when I did, I found this. These are her parents. And there was an article interviewing them, her father, the leader in their village, about the anticipation of her coming home. And the welcoming of Blessing Ivana back to the village, to her family. And amazingly, Sarah to Emmanuel was also among those 21 girls. My Grammy said, my heart is rejoicing this morning. I loved her name, and I guess that's why I chose to pray for her. Two and a half years. My Grammy has been praying for an absolute stranger on the other side of the world who she knew was living in terrible, awful circumstances. And all that she knew about her really was her name. Other people have done this as well. While I was Googling Blessing Abana and looking for things about in my Facebook, I found that Deborah Hunley, who is an Episcopal priest, posted this when she found out the news that Blessing Abana was released. Rejoice with me at the release of Blessing Abana, who I have been praying for daily. This is a gift of generosity. Praying for strangers is a gift of generosity. Making space in our lives and our minds and our spirits, not just for ourselves and for those we love and the things that are close to home and that we're connected with, but praying for complete and total strangers, even on the other side of the world, is a gift of generosity. Because it takes an openness to see that somebody else's need is more important than our own, or just as important as our own. And that that person is a sacred child of God, just like we are. Sometimes we put people in categories, or we pray for those people in that country or in that situation, but to name one person and to hold that person in prayer reminds us that each person matters and that each person is just as important to God as we. Now, I don't know exactly what my Grammy prayed for Blessing Ivana, 
But I know that for myself, when I pray for people that I have no idea what their life is like, or what the best outcome of a situation might be, that I have adopted the practice of my Quaker friends, which talk about holding someone in the light, which is just to name that person and to hold them in God's care. Not to have to try to figure out what we want for them, what would be the best thing, because we don't really know. But to just name someone and hold them in the sacred light of God's love is an act of generosity is an act that changes us, and I have no idea how it changes them. But I know that my grandmother, my Grammy, connected with someone all the way around the world, and that she is home with her family. And that somehow they have a relationship these two people who don't even know each other and will never meet, and whose lives are completely different than one another. But they are connected through the love, through the power, through the energy of God. And it makes us all more generous when we can live like that. which is to read the news and to find a name of someone, a stranger, a complete stranger in a completely different circumstance than your own, and to write their name down and to put their name where you pray, to put their name on your mirror, to put their name on your computer, to put their name somewhere where you remember to pray for them. Maybe you have a prayer practice like my grandmother, where you sit down and you take that time and you go through all the people that you need to pray for. And that is a beautiful gift, and someday I hope that I have that practice. But that's not the only way that we can pray for others, or for anything. So I invite you to figure out what works for you, and when you need to be reminded. Maybe it's while you're driving. Maybe it's while you're showering. Maybe it's while you're doing meditation. But to find a name of someone, and for the next seven days, maybe the next two years, but for the next seven days to pray for that person by name. To be reminded that each and every one of us is a sacred child of God. Seems easy. Seems hard. 
holy act. And it changes us, and it changes the world. Generosity sometimes gives us thankfulness, and thankfulness sometimes gives us generosity. Right? Some, it's a chicken and egg thing. Sometimes we understand that we're thankful for our own lives, and then we can be generous. And sometimes we find ourselves being generous, and then we realize that we're thankful. Alan invited you earlier to take the pennant paper on your seat. And if you haven't done that yet, this I'm going to give you a moment to take some space and time to remember what you are thankful for. For what are you grateful right now? What do you have? It might not be a possession, but what do you have in your life for which you are grateful? And ask, when you come up for communion, I invite you to post your pennant on the prayer station and to share your thankfulness that we can all be thankful as a community for all the things that we are individually thankful for. We are a grateful people. We are a generous people. We are God's precious children. And we are So we're going to learn a new song today. This comes from East Africa. I don't know what part of Africa. Does anybody know? It's Swahili. East. It's in Swahili. Is this a song that you know? Do you know the song? you know the song? No. Let's have Kelly play the, um, the melody through. Um, and then we will sing it. Mm -hmm. 